Well, the uh, gentleman on the phone we have here today just went through uh, quite an ordeal. I mean, we're going to get him to kind of go through as much as he can for us. It's the great news is he is uh, on the mend. He's back home. Everything's looking good uh, and he's doing very well. So, uh, everybody, we have got Steve Sims on the line. Steve, th- thanks for uh, thanks for talking with us. Yeah, thanks for uh, reaching out and and talking yeah man i mean there's uh, i mean so much of this uh i mean you know we all kind of sat back waiting for the good news which fortunately we did get but uh i mean i've kind of been waiting a little bit just to kind of let you kind of recover get settled in and kind of get your uh your rehab and recovery all going before i kind of asked you to take us through what the heck happened so uh man thanks for thanks for doing this today here yeah no problem so Where, where are you um, I am down in my office just uh, doing some tax stuff and some uh, ordering some TLD stuff for some last minute customers. Oh, so. okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's good. So you're, you're comfortably at home. Um, yeah. yeah, like I say, man, we got to talk about this, uh, this story. Uh, I mean, I got the word that, uh, you know, it sounded terrible and I didn't know details. And someone said, no, he was at a kind of a private track and he had landed. Like, we just didn't really know what the heck happened. So, if you wouldn't mind, man, if I uh, just hand the mic over to you, and do you mind just kind of taking us through what the heck happened, where you were, and all that kind of stuff, and, and what you remember anyway? Yeah, so, I mean, we ride up here. I mean, most of the guys that know us know we have a group of guys that ride up here in Shelburne. Um, I, we were just over at Dev Train's house, and it was our year-end party. Um, we do it every year. It's been at Dev's for the last couple of years, but it sometimes rotates out to other places, and um, yeah, we were just having a good day and we decided we were going to do our little relay relay race at the end of the day. And um, we didn't make it past corner one. Uh, well, I guess we got past corner one, but just after that, the the riding kind of ended abruptly. So um, I just kind of I went to double and one of the other guys went triple. And there is a video out there and I don't know if he came down on me. I went under him. But regardless of what happened, I mean, None of it was meant to happen. It was just wrong place, wrong time for both of us. And yeah, I just got landed on. And um, I mean, at the time, I just thought I broke some ribs and I was pretty sore. And I had hit my nose off the bars just the way it came down. But he managed to actually ride away from it. Um, just okay, so you were okay, like not okay, but you were, con- you know, you're conscious and everything after the fall. You're like, oh man, what happened kind of thing. Yeah, like I knew I was going to get hit pretty much i guess probably from the second he took off because i could hear his bike um i was like oh this isn't good and i kind of tried to get out of the way you know just the instinct of where you feel like he was and um you know he basically caught my right side so basically from my spine to the right side is what got crushed um, when he came down but it was just it's just a weird situation like i said like he I kind of moved or tried to move out of the way and whatever way he hit me, he didn't even fall. Like he managed to keep going. Oh, wow. uh, so at least both of us weren't laying there in a heap. So, um, yeah, it was just a fluke thing that, you know, on a fun day, we were all just finishing up and then it was going to be pig roast time. The pig, pig was done and on to the night we went and that was kind of the end of it for me. And, um, the ambulance had to come get me and everything else. And from there it kind of, but from when the ambulance kind of loaded me up, it kind of goes blurry for me. I don't know if they put morphine in me or just my body started shutting down. 
Um, they were trying to get a helicopter. They couldn't get the helicopter in. Um, I guess when they got there, they started realizing things were a little more serious and a couple broken ribs. So at first, at uh, first, you were were you talking to people and everything, and then it just kind of progressed. Yeah, like I was laying there, and like I've told a lot of guys, like I've always got off the track or moved a bit before stopping, and I went to kind of move a little bit. I felt everything cracking and doing weird things and I was just like well everybody's gone now like cleared away but I just lay there and I just looked at them and I said yeah we're gonna have to call an ambulance and that was where I lay till basically the ambulance got there so like I never hit my head I got lucky in a lot of ways like I didn't get my head didn't get hit you know I didn't break my pelvis my hips or arms or anything like that but what I did get was pretty severe but um, you know, it can always be a lot worse. Right. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the only way we get through things is to is just certainly look at the, uh, the bright side of things like this, but, uh, okay. So then like you say, they put the morphine in you, the, the painkillers kind of start, uh, taking effect. You go a bit blurry. Oh, well, very blurry. What, uh, so what, I mean, man, tell us like what, uh, what happened next? Yeah. I mean, from there, what I was told was I went from basically devs track to orange, they took me to Orangeville. I believe unloaded me, did a couple really quick scans, and then from there rushed me to uh, St. Mike's, and that's basically where I lay for almost three and a half weeks. I was uh, in an induced coma. Um, they did surgery on me that night. I had a bunch of blood transfusions. Jeez. From there, I had metal in my eye from my own grinding and fabricating stuff over the years, so they struggled to get me in for an MRI right away, so they had to do eye surgery on me to get the really? metal So that was something out. you had in there that you didn't realize you had? Yeah, I mean, a lot of mechanics have it, and you just don't know about it. It kind of bugs you and goes away, and you think nothing more of it. And um, Getting MRIs, that's a big no-no, so they had to get that out. They did a surgery on me Jeez. that Saturday night to try and get it. They cut my eyelid open. Oh, wow. Um, missed it, couldn't get it, um, put me back down to the room and then tried again the next morning and they finally got it. It was a pretty good size, but they did get it. Um, and then I guess I went in for other stuff and then I ended up with a big fever. Um, so they weren't sure if I had an infection or I was having, you know, repelling the blood that I was getting or whatever it was they were worried about. So they, they kind of, when they did the surgery on the Saturday night, they just left me open and stuffed me. I don't know, with their gauze and everything, keep trying to keep an eye to see if there was any other internal bleeding or anything that now, they had missed. We didn't, we didn't really specify what actually they were operating on. Tell us what actually were they, uh, what was the concern? What was going on in there? Yeah, so I had some small fractures in my back that were all stable. Like I didn't have to have any surgeries on the back. I broke, I don't even know how many ribs, um, quite a few of them. Um, and then the biggest problem was I lacerated my kidney and my spleen i believe it was hmm. um so from there that was the big thing getting that all sorted out so i mean basically for them to fix that stuff they basically cut you from basically the center of your chest all the way down below your belly button and basically spread you open <laughs> wow um, so it was you know through all the muscle all the stuff there that's in there so I lay there on a cooling blanket for, I think, a few days um, from what I've been told. And then finally my fever kind of broke and they kind of pulled me back together. I just went last week for a checkup and the doctor or the surgeon that I was that I had 
actually was all talking, you know, I went in there and, oh, you look great. And he showed me this apparatus they used. And he's like, oh, you know who invented this? And I, obviously the guy's all pumped on and asking about it. So I'm like, well, probably you. And he goes, yeah, this, you're, you know, you're one of the, not the first ones to get used on, but um, one of the ones that we wanted to try it on because <laughs> you were so severe and pull it together and stuff. Um, so basically it's like your ski boots with the quick locks, the quick turn locks, and it basically goes right around you and it just every day they come in and turn it. Oh wow. And basically close up your incision so they your incision's not getting pulled on every day. Wow. Um so that's how they basically close you back or close me back up and then eventually when that closed up enough then they put the staples in. So because you're, uh, you're so open that you can't, you can't just stitch it because that's just not going to hold. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way they do it. And I guess normally they'll actually drill in and put uh, little bars, kind of like a halo type thing, but they'll right. put bars or screws into your ribs and stuff and pull it closed. So he's like, we avoided all that by oh. using this strap. And basically, it's just a, a sling that goes around you, and then on the front side, it's got the straps on it, and you yeah. just slowly tighten them every day. Um I mean, it worked good. He was pumped on how it looked and everything when I went back. So that's kind of been a long closed up now. But then I think about a week after that, I ended up with another uh, fever and I ended up back on a cooling bed again for another couple of days. And they don't really know why to this day what was going on. But um, that went on and then they put the trach, tracheotomy in me and... From there, they brought me back up to my room, and I kind of coughed, had a big coughing fit, and I spit the trach back out, oh, or whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it spit, but it came right out of my neck again. And right. From there, obviously, that was my lifeline, and rushed back down to emergency surgery again. And afterwards, the doctors kind of came up and apologized that the wrong size trach had been put in. And um, yeah, so it was kind of like we move forward and then go backwards, and then move forward and go backwards, and. Um, basically they had me in a coma there for the three and a half weeks. And when I slowly woke up, it probably took me almost a week to wake up and really like people were visiting and that was great. And I remember them being there, but like a lot of the conversations were pretty, pretty blurry. Um, I couldn't talk at the time either. So I was trying to write things on a whiteboard and whatnot or paper and, um, from there, when I did wake up, I kind of just, I was on hydromorphine and stuff and it was really screwing with my mind and <laughs> I'm not a fan of the stuff to start with. So as soon as I could try and get off of it, I told them I didn't want to be on it. And I basically, they cold turkeyed me one day and I sat in that hospital room for three days. And my mom was just wiping the sweat off of me, like off my eyes and forehead. It was just like such a withdrawal and then from there i was just on a a nerve blocker and tylenol threes and from there on i really made a lot of improvements after getting off the hydromorphine Jeez, yeah the old hydromorph yeah good times yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah i had nothing good to say about it but um you know i couldn't sleep at nights so i was having wild nightmares yeah Not dreams. nightmares necessarily but dreams and yeah it's just yeah <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people say it's a good drug for certain things, but I can't stand it. So I felt like I really sprung upwards right after getting off of that and kind of clearing myself. And from there, it's just kind of been a 
steady uphill from there. So the, the stuff you're describing, though, back in the, you know, that you were, you, obviously, you are just told all this stuff, right? You're just, you were gone for, like, that long? Like, you weren't a... Uh, yeah, like, I basically remember nothing. The crash right. happened on September 17th. I want to say it was probably 3 4 o'clock because we were getting ready to eat dinner after that. And uh, basically, I remember nothing for almost the month. Like wow. I remember waking up, you know, I was getting up and down. They were putting me in like the sling, lift me into a chair, and I was pretty out of it still. Um, like I had next to no mobility still. I was just, you know, I was in a bed for almost three and a half weeks, and they started moving me back and forth from the bed to a chair. And even then, I mean, you just sit in the chair and back into the bed later when you get sore again. And, um, from there, um, I started kind of waking up and I mean, like it was pretty much four, four and a half weeks before I remember really anything. Oh, wow. Uh, That's what I was going to ask you, like what your first memory actually is kind of that you're a clear memory. Yeah. Like I haven't told a ton of people this, but it was kind of weird because like my, the, for one of the first things I remember was I woke up and my sister was there and my sister moved out to Manitoba a while ago, a year and a bit ago, I think it was. And. I was really confused. Like I knew she was there and I was kind of like, okay, she's there. And then my mom and her would leave at night and they're like, Oh, we're going to go back home. And they were just staying at a place. My mom had a friend that offered up two friends that offered up a place. CL Tyler's girlfriend, her mom there offered up a place for my mom in Toronto. Oh, nice. And then that one kind of came to an end. They had family and stuff coming. So they had to get the room back. (laughs) She had another friend, but they, they were just going back to that. Uh, apartment but they were calling it back home every night and I'm like man like am I in Manitoba or like am I still in Ontario but like close to my sisters like I was really confused and I wasn't like really awake enough to ask them Um, and like I said I wasn't really talking I couldn't talk at that time with the trach in so I was just like I was really confused for a few days and I only told my mom this a couple weeks ago there and she was laughing at me but yeah that's that was kind of the first real memory I had. But besides that, like I was having gnarly nightmare, not nightmares, but dreams. Like I can remember a lot of the dreams and they were just crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Just (laughs) out of this world, crazy of meeting people and this and that. And it was just weird. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Anybody who's ever had, uh, obviously it probably goes for a lot of us in the motocross community. Anybody who's had to have morphine. The first thing they tell you is you're probably going to have some weird dreams. That's uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. They're right. So I couldn't wait to get off of it because I felt like it was really holding me back at that point. Man, okay. So, all right. So then you uh, finally get out and you get to, I mean, they send you home for it. Was it straight home when you were done or what what was that? Um, So basically Blair Morgan came to Toronto to do the snowmobile show. I guess it would have been November, beginning of November, I think it would have been. Um... And that morning I got my trach out, just happened to be that was the morning that I got it out. And then he showed up, I want to say 12.30, 1 o'clock. Um, and then they took the feeding tube out of me. And from that, basically getting the feeding tube out of me was huge. Like I could start eating again. I hadn't had anything basically in two months from that point other than a feeding tube. Wow. Um, so I started getting food in me and then I started, you know, I could start getting up more i gained strength back pretty quick and just was a lot more aware at that point i'd stopped the morphine 
Um, I was just more aware of what was going on around me. And then I started doing a little physio, like up and down the hallway and around the room. And I could finally get out of bed myself. You know, they'd helped me a little bit, but I could get out for the most part and all that kind of stuff. And that was good. So um, I started having, I was having high, my heart rate was really high and they didn't know if it was from something else or whether it was from just, my body trying to recover that it was so high, like sitting around, like on a being calm, just sitting there, it was like 101. Um, and you know, when I went in there, I know it was fairly low. I want to say it was in around 60, 61. I would sit at like doing the same thing before. So they put me on something for the heart rate. And then I put me on blood thinners for a blood clot that they found. Mm, Jeez. And my big struggle was they couldn't get the dosage right for the blood clot to send me home with the blood thinners. So basically for four days, they basically took my blood like three times a day trying to sort this thing out on an IV. And it kept, you know, one day, one hour it would be super high. Next hour it would be super low. And then they were like, they just couldn't figure it out. So they shut it off. Then they started giving me injections. They're like, well, sometimes that one just doesn't work. So they started giving me injections, and I was kind of getting impatient at that time. I felt like I was doing too much sitting around at that point when I needed to be doing, you know, strength training and starting to get moving again. And I was pleading and begging with them to get out of there. And he basically, they ended up getting me a room in Orangeville. So I moved from St. Mike's to Orangeville for four days. Okay. Yes three or four days and basically once i got to orangeville you know the the new doctor there was like man like i can understand why you want to get home and he's like as soon as we get this blood thinner sorted you're gone and they switched me to a pill on the tuesday evening wednesday morning they took my blood sample thursday morning they took my blood sample and i was gone by one o'clock thursday (laughs) so but, I mean, it, when I got to Orangeville, they were a lot more open than St. Mike's. Like, St. Mike's didn't want me getting out of bed by myself. Or Orangeville was, you know, they're like, man, you're way strong enough. You don't need to be ringing your bell every time you got to go to the washroom. I was drinking so much, I was going to the washroom. Like, I don't know, some, sometimes I felt like it wasn't even every half an hour. Oh, wow. Um, but I, I pretty, they were laughing. I pretty much drank Orangeville out of chocolate milk, milk, <laughs> orange juice, apple juice, and ginger ale in the couple of days I was there, but I was just dying of thirst. Wow. Um, and then I got out and then I, you know, the adventure at home started where you didn't have the electric bed to get you up from flat. So I couldn't, you know, I didn't have any stomach muscles because they cut through it and little things like that, that you just, you know, the electric bed helps you get up your upper body up so you can kind of turn out and just get out of bed. So we had some new, new things to tackle when we got home but we got through it and it just kind of pushed me every day myself to get better and um, I was home less than a week I had my first physio and I think I'm on to physio I don't know I've done 13 or 14 of them now Um, so it's been good so what okay so say you if every, the big problem was the 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 fever, I guess then, right? So otherwise, like the internal stuff, they fixed it. They're squeezing you back together and everything. And had you not got the fever, you would have been everything would have been quicker, right? That I 
don't know for sure. I'm like, I mean, it definitely slowed things down because I had two different fevers that right. definitely took days to bring back down and they weren't just, you know, regular fevers. Like I ended up on these big, um, cooling beds, basically what they are. It just pumps cold water through them or fluid through them. Uh, my mom just showed me the pictures the other day of it. And, um, it definitely slowed things down for sure because then they were wondering if there was something else going on that they weren't finding. So I had so many MRIs and CAT scans and x-rays that when I started seeing my family doctor, he's like, man, we got to stop this. Like, we can't just keep putting you through this because it's not good for your body either, any of that stuff. So um, he's like, no, like, you don't think you need it. We're not putting you through another MRI. And, you know, some doctors just keep putting you through it and others just don't want to put you through it again. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it might have been quicker, maybe a little bit if I hadn't had the fever, but it was definitely a long trip. Right. So so these, I mean, you know, obviously everybody breaks a bone. You got your six weeks, you're done. So these these internal things and obviously the stuff they had to do, is that, uh, I mean, it, I mean, that's why I threw an MRI to get the soft tissue to find out what the heck's going on. But uh, is that what just is kind of variable? Like you're not sure how long that's going to take kind of thing or like what's is that what the concern is? I mean, you don't just go, OK, I'm getting up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean when i woke up from everything i mean my stitch my staples were out um a lot of that stuff had been healed already um so i mean like i said it was almost a month before i really started moving anything so i mean at that point you know the the, the incision it was healed up fairly well all that kind of stuff but like i had no strength no stomach muscles because they go right through all of that right um so it was basically just starting over again and trying to figure out how to do things. And then as you figure out how to do things, then you start getting more muscle and moving along. So um, basically when I woke up, it was let's do what you can um, with physio. But I mean, they're so limited if, with, you know, doctors and physios and all that, that you literally got 20 minutes a day with them. And if you got that, you were lucky. So <laughs> Um, it was kind of up, go do it. And then you're done. Um, so by the time I really went, got out of hospital, their concern for really anything was not gone, but they were, it was very low at that point. They kind of gave me the free reins at that point. And even a week after one of the, I don't know who it was called from the hospital and said, well, if you need a doctor's note to go back to work, like we can write you one. And I just kind of laughed at her. I'm like, if you knew how much <laughs> I'm going through right now, still, I wouldn't be at work. Oh, wow. You know, if it was a normal job in the EI, I mean, it wouldn't be there. I would probably be back soon now if it wasn't a laborist job, but yeah, I was just kind of laughed at her. Like, I'm like, man, like it's it's funny the perception people have on a phone call over what they actually know or see <laughs> well so are you telling me next time i see you you're gonna have a shirt off scar and a six-pack or what's going on shirt off maybe scars for sure scars um i don't know about the six pack but it's <laughs> it's always nicely hidden there <laughs> i don't like to show that stuff off <laughs> All right, buddy. So, how, so you said now, like, you know, you, if you had a normal job, you'd be getting close to thinking, how are you doing? Or what are you like? What's the day like now? Are you up and about doing your normal stuff? I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's kind of go time for for a team owner manager guy. So what uh, what are you able to do these days? Yeah, I mean, for three weeks now, 
I started doing computer stuff, catching up on sponsorship emails, all that, that I started pushing in towards when I got hurt. Um, so I basically just started out with an email explaining to everybody that I had been hurt and that's why they hadn't got the sponsor packages that I told them I was going to send out in the next couple of days, um, that turned into almost two months, but, um, they were all good about it. Everybody was awesome. They all reached out and, you know, glad to hear that I was back. And, um, from there I kind of just, it was, you know, a few hours to a few more hours each day or week. And then last week was really my first week back in the shop the week before I was tinkering away, like just kind of moving and cleaning things up. But last week I was actually in there doing some motor stuff and nothing like heavy, just kind of in there doing stuff. And this week I was back in there doing stuff again. So, um, kind of doing that. I started playing pickup hockey. Seriously. I'll say playing lightly. It's more of a skate. And when the puck hits my stick, I, play around with it and shoot it (laughs) off um but i mean it's all you know it's all for the good of movement and all that kind of stuff i'm always a believer in using my the sports that i play to get better so um you know instead of sitting there at physio dreading how much it hurts stretching and everything you're kind of in the motion and you just do it um when you're playing the sports and you're careful with it so yeah, I went out last Monday or this past Monday and the Monday before it um, back with Dev and the boys from up here. So just kind of get out, get my legs moving and shoot some pucks and play lightly when they start playing. Oh, OK, I think that's going to make everybody happy hearing that. I mean, you're just kind of get get, trying to get an idea of what you're doing and the fact that you're actually even interested in lacing up the skates and moving around and, and shooting pucks. I mean, that's obviously that, that tells us everything we need to know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, <laughs> should I be out there? I'm not a hundred percent sure. The doctors know I'm out there and they're, they have little bits of concern, but, um, I'm also not a guy that's just going to sit around and let them say it's going to be six to eight months or whatever. So, um, I mean, <laughs> if I listen to the doctors at St. Mike's, I wasn't even supposed to be out of St. Mike's till the end of November was their scheduled release date. Um, so I was almost a month early on that getting out and then i mean i was already two weeks two and a half weeks into physio from when that happened so man uh, yeah so but i mean the doctors even at st mike's when i was there like they come in and see me every other day sometimes every day and they were still just blown away the progress i was making even daily there um after i got the trach out so it was kind of they were just come in like oh my god like you're doing that today and you know some of it was walking some of it was getting out of bed some of it was you know getting up from the seat and going to the bed and just each day there was progress and you know before i left orangeville you had to do some stairs and kind of show them that you had your basics back and we did the first little set of stairs and they kind of i laughed and like mom was kind of like i don't know if you're ready for this (laughs) I always like to try and prove mom wrong and people wrong. So, of course, I just hammered those little couple steps out. And she's like, well, we'll go to the actual stairs. And they were taller and bigger and concrete. And I think there was about 15 up and turn around and come back down. She's like, there's a seat up there if you need it. So I went up, made it up there, turned around, came right back down. And they're like, all right, you're good to go. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) 
Hey, while you were going through all this, I was down in Florida with your uh, father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were down at Minio's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, was yeah. hanging out. I was, uh, I was. Well, that's. I mean, dude, I appreciate you taking us through that story. I mean, uh, for all of us who you know are away from it but know you it was tough to kind of sit at home and kind of wait for information on what's going on so i'm glad uh, yeah it kind of took us through that it's man what an ordeal huh yeah i mean i don't wish it upon anybody but you know it's one of those things that you know part of me is happy it happened to me and not someone else that you know wasn't as strong or even a younger kid that you know we had some younger kids out there and it would have probably been a lot worse that way if it had been that way so I'll just take it and move along and get better. And, you know, my plan is to get back on a bike. Some people call me crazy for it, but it's such a part of my life that, I mean, I don't see if I can't, if I can get back on one, I don't see why I'm not gonna. So um, it's kind of where I'm at. Right. I mean, I've, I've obviously have these conversations with, uh, with quite a few people and stuff like that. And we, as motocrossers, we kind of always, when you're, this is, yours is pretty obvious, but we can always find a reason for our crash. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, no, 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 it was because this happened. And so, yeah, no, no, of course I'm going to go back, right? You know what I mean? We always, yeah. yours obviously was pretty obvious. You got landed on. That's, it's not, that's sort of out of your control, but we always, uh, we're able to do that to get back on a bike. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was out of my control. I mean, <laughs> I was one part of the other, you know, there's two pieces to it, and I was one part of it. So, I mean, it's kind of what it was. It was totally freak, and yeah, we were exactly. all up there just for a good time. It wasn't, you know, we weren't going all all out for, you know, $100,000 or something. And it's just, you know, it's like driving through town, and you get T-boned at the intersection. You're just like, what? You know, it just happens, and, you know, that's part of what we do. And, it's unfortunately the worst part of our sport, um, but thankfully I'm I'm up and going and I can talk about it. So mm -hmm. um, I'll take it as what it is. Awesome, man. Okay, well, you know, we I can't let you go without asking you uh, a couple things about upcoming plans and stuff because we know. Uh, talk about the uh, Sam Gainer uh, taking the time off. Yeah, unfortunately for Sam, it's been a it's been a rough year, and I mean, a couple of years before that, he's had some big crashes and. He's just basically got to take time off, heal his body up, and he's got some, you know, he wakes up and has some issues in the middle of the night with reliving crashes and stuff that he's had, as most of them have been pretty big. Um, so I'm glad, I, you know, as a young kid like Sam, I mean, there's a lot of kids that don't talk about it, don't show it, um, just keep hiding it. And, that, you know, I'm proud of Sam for stepping up for it, coming forward and, you know, not wasting his time, my time, and everybody else's effort in thinking he can do it, but knowing that he can't deep down and just wasting his season. So, you know, it takes a lot for somebody, anybody, but somebody his age to step up and say, hey, like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not going to be fit enough. I got other things I got to deal with that I need to put the time and energy into. So, it's unfortunate for Sam. Um, you know, he's been a great part of the team, him and Jeff and the family. And um, I hope everything goes well for him. I went out for um, a little bite to eat. What night would have been Sunday night, I believe it was, um, as he went through Shelburne to go see his girlfriend. So um, it's nice. We stay still stay in touch. Jeff comes over and works on bikes for me here and there still. So. Um, I just hope that everything works out for him and, you know, maybe in 24, you'll see him back on a bike racing. 
you just never know. But okay, um, nice. I wish him the best, and I'm glad that he was, you know, able to come out and talk about it and and work on getting better. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, okay, well, then the other uh, piece of this puzzle, rumors going around, there's a bit of a flip-flop talk going on there with your other two guys. What, uh, Chris Blackmer, Tyler Gibbs, I mean, are things settled, set up for next year? How's this looking? I haven't sorted anything out 100% yet. Um, I'm just kind of trying to finalize everything to know where I can go or what I can set up with. Um, I don't like promising contracts and stuff before I have it all sorted on my end and know where I sit. So, um, you know, there's some talk of Chris riding through the F, Tyler moving to a 450. Um, outside of that, there's some other talks, but um, I mean, it all comes down to money at the end of the day, and I got to make sure I can make it work and keep the team going at at least the level I'm doing. So, um, you just never know where things will lead you until you're you're all signed off on all your other ends. Right, because I mean, I know there's some other. I'm not to say you don't have your riders pick. I mean, obviously, there's everybody's trying to sort that out. But I know there are certainly guys, you know, high level guys, call making calls and trying to get rides and stuff. So I guess you 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 can't even confirm your riders. I suppose at this point, officially, right? Yeah, I mean. Once I sign my guys, you'll hear little releases here and there for sure. But, um, you know, Christmas is coming quick and holidays for a lot of these bigger companies that I need signed off on. And it'll probably be the new year before I really have things sorted out and settled. So... All right, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Chris Chris looked good. Uh, had some issues, obviously, down at uh, Minio's. It was kind of funny. He pulled a reverse Canadian. I mean, as an American, he went down there and performed super big at a big event. And a lot of times our Canadian kids have troubles, go down to these big ones and kind of have troubles. But, uh, man, he sure looked like he belonged up there in that top of the pro sport class. It was good. Yeah, no, it was good. You know, he had talked about going to Minio's for a bit, and then I kind of talked to Andrew and talked to Chris, and they kind of were both on board with it. I said, I, you know, if Andrew was up to it, I'd send a bike down parts and all that kind of stuff. And then Chris would look after him while he was down there. And Andrew was all for it. So away they went and they drove down or Andrew drove down, met Chris and they rode one day beforehand and then straight into Minio's. So um, Chris really hadn't been riding a whole ton. He'd been back in Michigan working and stuff. And um, I, was, I was impressed, you know. I thought he rode it pretty well for never, never riding that bike except for the day, two days before Mini O's, and um, yeah. So it was a bummer. We had a little issue at the end, but it's kind of what it is, you know. Stuff, stuff doesn't always go perfect. Right, right. Little, yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, no, it was fun watching him up there in the top five kind of thing, battling stuff, so that was good. But uh, all right, man, well, I think, uh, boy, I, like I say, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk us through what, what happened, what you remember of it anyway. And obviously the the people, like you say, who are at your bedside, man, they're just uh, heroes kind of just waiting for you to come around, right? Was, you slept through the whole thing. Yeah, you know, my mom was there every day, um, right from the night that it happened. My cousins came from London, Hamilton, my aunt. My sister flew in, uh, you know, the opening days, I mean, they talk about it a little bit, but they really weren't very good opening days at the hospital. And I'm not sure how bad that was to this point, but my cousin talks to me quite a bit 
and you know he said it was pretty grim so um, I think they were pretty concerned there in the opening two days the opening hours for sure Um, so uh, you know those guys stuck beside me and then I had friends coming um, to see me when I woke up and um, that was always nice (laughs) you know the hospital gets really bored so it was always nice you know Jeff showed up and Burke and Max Philippec came and uh, Tori and a bunch of other people so it, it was nice to to have those days and uh, Mike Fleer came Dev Train came like it just kind of broke up the day and then like I said that one day Blair surprised me which was pretty cool so that is cool people should have some riders who wanted rides should have come in and just when you're in a, a daze have you sign off on a contract or something yeah I just put a pen in my hand and wrote it out <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah. Well, looks like uh, you made it out, and we're heading into Christmas. You're actually going to be able to enjoy the Christmas season, the holidays, and stuff. So that's uh, that's awesome news, man. Yeah. No, I'm going to get to. I'm home. Get to enjoy that, and you know, maybe we get some snow here in the next 20 days, and maybe I can get back out on my snowmobile and start working out that way. <laughs> all right well like i say man i appreciate you taking us through that uh amazing that you're through it and you're and you're and you're doing so much better and everything man it's so good to hear um yeah you thank those people do you want to thank any of your team sponsors before we let you let you get back to your sit-ups uh <laughs> you know i mean they're all behind me i mean tld gas gas uh jsr matt all those guys cody swansboro they've all stuck behind me they all sent me gifts and little messages here and there the whole time i actually got a one of those gas gas hands here signed by all the crew at gas gas shipped here nice so that was kind of cool to come home to stuff like that and obviously i gotta thank donk i mean donk went out of his way and set up a gofundme for me that i didn't know about for quite a while um but that was nice i mean it's let me recover i'm self-employed i don't have you know medical and coverage and all that so it helps uh with my mom being in toronto eating physio all that kind of stuff uh you know it all adds up in a big hurry so Mm -hmm. i can't thank him and then obviously everybody that donated to support me and keep me going here while i wasn't able to do stuff so it's uh it's crazy how good the moto community can be yeah, for sure. We're a small community, and we certainly uh, come together when when stuff like this happens. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's it, it was a big surprise. I mean, it was it's a nice n- nice to come home and not have to you know worry instantly about getting back to work and trying to make five dollars to pay your mortgage. So, <laughs> um, you know, some people you know start thinking why that and why this, but I mean, when you when you have a mortgage and everything else, it doesn't take long for the bank accounts to drain so <laughs> it's uh i can't thank those people enough awesome man all right well uh yeah again thank you very much man we'll let uh, we'll let you get back to it but i appreciate you taking the time to do this and i think everybody out there obviously we all we all know you and stuff so it's kind of nice to nice to hear it from you and uh in your own words and everything too so i appreciate you taking the time to do that yeah no thank you for the call and uh I hope you have a good Christmas and a safe trip down to A1. Awesome, man. Yeah, you too, dude. And we'll, uh, we'll see you sometime in the spring, and we'll watch for the, uh, the news on the team and everything. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. See you, Steve. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye.